This podcast is for information purposes only and is not and should not be construed as professional advice or an offer or commitment by any Rubberbank group member to enter into a transaction. The views expressed by the presenter and or guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of Rubberbank. Please see the podcast description for our full disclaimer. Welcome to RoboTalk's Growing Our Future, where we talk to experts from both here in New Zealand and across the world to bring New Zealand farmers and growers the information they need to make informed strategic decisions about the future direction of their business to ensure they continue to thrive in a fast-changing world. It would be unusual these days to find a farmer or grower that isn't part of some form of assurance or accreditation scheme. Most farmers understand that these schemes are now par course of, of doing business as we look to demonstrate to a global audience we are operating to the sustainability and ethical standards they expect of us. But can these schemes be more than that? Is there the opportunity to utilise these schemes in a way that adds genuine value to farming businesses? I'm today's host, Black Holgate, and to answer that question, I'm joined by someone that has extensive knowledge of assurance programmes and their ability to improve the performance of farming businesses. He wears a number of hats, including Beef and Lamb's General Manager for Market Development. But today he is here talking to us in his capacity as Chair of New Zealand Farm Assurance Incorporated, Nick Beebe. Nick, welcome to Growing Our Future podcast. Thanks, Blake. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Look, before we kick into it, we always like to understand the the background of our guests and and where they come from and and what they do. So everybody tell us a little bit about your career to date and your current roles. More than happy to. So I've been involved in in the industry now for probably 25 odd odd years. I grew up in Hawke's Bay, grew up on a family farm and went to Massey University. And during my final years, I started leasing a farm close to the the family operation because, you know, when you're at university, you think you know more than, than anyone else. So I thought leasing a farm was a good way to prove that. Following on from that, and that's still very core to what I do now, but uh, I'm now the, the general manager of the market development program in, in Beef and Lamb New Zealand. I'm also the GM of the New Zealand Meat Board, Quota and Information. I chair the New Zealand Farm Assurance Incorporated. So I'm an independent chair of that organisation, which is really a cool part of, of my job. And along with my brother, we run the family um, farm now in Hawke's Bay. So I have a, a few different roles. If I look about the, you know, the commonalities between them all, it's really all about trying to create additional value for New Zealand sheep and beef farmers. And that's really what drives me and, and is my passion. So you know, during my career, I've been lucky enough to have had about four years based in Europe. And that was a you know a fascinating part of my whole sort of learning experience. Just just recognising that you know, New Zealand is so small. We may view ourselves back here as as being you know big and, and important, but we really have to punch above our weight in the global scene to to get recognised and to drive that interest in in our products. So yeah, that's a little bit about me, Blake. 
Yeah, it sounds like you've got a few plates spinning at the moment, Nick, and we could probably do about three or four different podcasts, I, I suspect. But uh, but as I said in the intro, I, I'm really keen to hone in on the role of, of accreditation schemes and, and explore, you know, within your capacity as Chair of Farm Assurance Incorporated, the role of accreditation schemes and, and how they can provide value to farmers. Are you able to elaborate a little bit on, on what the Farm Insurance Incorporated program is and what it consists of? Yeah, cool, absolutely. We actually started about six years ago through the Red Meat Profit Partnership. And if you think of the the history of assurances in New Zealand, meat companies have had their own individual assurance programs for probably the last 21 or so years, driven largely out of the UK retail sector. So the Tesco, Sainsbury's um, and the like, they really wanted to be able to prove to their customers that the products that they were supplying them met a certain standard. There was about eight or nine different assurance programs operating within the red meat sector. And through the Red Meat Profit Partnership, the sector came together to really create a national standard. So this was a standard that we could take to the world around how we produce beef and lamb from New Zealand. And a core part of that, creating a national standard, was to also reduce duplication and reduce cost. So if you think of a farmer, he might be supplying two or three different meat processes. So he could be getting, you know, previously he could be getting audited three times a year. There was a real high piss-off factor um, for farmers in, in that because they, they were getting asked the same questions three times a year and they, they could recognise the duplication and, and the cost. So we were formed to create that national standard and to reduce duplication and to reduce cost. Where we started from, there was, I think, five meat processes were um, launched, the, the single standard. And since it was launched, you know, there is now 17, now I think, meat processing companies use the NZFAP program, as well as about 21 wool companies. So we have grown substantially over the past few years to not only, you know, grow the membership within meat companies, but we've also broadened out to wool. Through that process, we created our own organisation, which is called New Zealand Farm Assurance Incorporated, and that owns the NZFAP program, which is what we call our foundation, foundational program, and it also owns NZFAP Plus, which is our higher level um, sustainability program, which was launched just over two years ago. Okay, so so it sounds like sort of the origins driven from the market and a lot of duplication across the different processes and, and meat companies. So for efficiency, you you brought those standards together into one universal standard. The design of the NZ Farm Assurance Plus program, what was the rationale behind that, Nick? What, what's the extension? What, what are you building on? So all of our programs are around customer access, customer or market access, however you define it. So this is about making sure that we meet the needs of today and emergent consumer and customer needs of the future. So when we look at NZFAP+, it extends areas that are in the NZFAP program. So if you think about sustainability as an example, there is an environmental section within NZFAP. NZFAP+, goes deeper into that area. So it covers things like 
climate change, biodiversity, how you're managing your resources around soil and freshwater. So it really it extends those areas. It go, Also, the NZFAP Plus program goes into new areas that NZFAP doesn't cover. And that's it's around people as well. How you work with your staff, how you train your staff and how you look after their well-being, as well as into areas around biosecurity. So these are the areas that when we were developing NZFAP Plus, they were emerging as real customer areas of, of inquiry. And you know what we've seen happen over the last two years is that customer inquiry has really picked up on on these areas. It is about you know, proving that, um, or providing an opportunity for farmers to prove that they're doing the right things on the farm in terms of the environment and the people that they employ and, and things like that. So that's why the um, program was developed. There are some pretty significant spillover benefits around if you go go through an NZFAP plus certification process. We believe that there are benefits for your farming system as well, and that's what a lot of the farmers do talk about, is the benefits that they see within their farming operation. And with also you know, the increasing regulation that's um, coming on to farms, this is a way of proving to the regional authorities or, or the regulators that you are actually doing a really good job in managing your resources. Okay, maybe are you able to elaborate a bit more on those benefits you alluded to that you have, you know, heard from farmers that are going through or have been through the program? What is the feedback you're getting from them? I mean, I can actually just talk from some personal experience as well because our farm will shortly be going through the NZFAP Plus process and, you know, recently we have been developing up our, our farm plan. And, you know, I'd like to think that I, I know our farm better than anyone. but as we went through that farm planning process, there were a huge number of just little things that I picked up on, new knowledge to me that will certainly assist with our farm business. And little things like around you know, identifying the critical source areas within paddocks and using that as a way of paddock design, how we incorporate or integrate trees into our farming operation in a way that won't reduce our productive capability, but where we can actually capture some some carbon credits. Just having some little tools around how to assess the stream health. And stream health is really important for us because we've got kids that love going into the streams, going yelling, um, catching freshwater crayfish and and things like that. So maintaining that that freshwater health is is actually a, a really important value for us and giving us some tools that we can actually use simply to actually say, actually, we are doing a good job here was quite a cool thing. The other one that I, from our farm, which is important to us, is around biodiversity. And from my you know, mum and dad, they fenced off a lot of areas on the farm to increase our, our biodiversity. But now we've got, we're developing up sort of a 10-year plan around how to create corridors from one section to the other. So for us as a, as a farming business, it allowed us to really map things out over a, a time period. It provided, has provided us some tools 
that will make us more profitable whilst you know, integrating trees, um, capturing carbon, whilst not impacting on our productivity. So for us as a business, it's been really beneficial going through it. And I've I learned far more than I expected to. Oh, fantastic. So it sounds like these accreditation schemes are almost morphing from the, the origins where it's around simply, you know, demonstrating and, and proving to the market and consumers what we're doing. So I don't know if I'd say it or not, but that more that tick box checking, you know, demonstrating to almost a, a genuine business planning tool while still delivering on, on what we need to deliver to the market and consumer, but at the same time actually starting to create opportunities to add real value to the farming business. Would that be fair, no? Yes, and I think, you know, we don't want to be a, a tick box because that doesn't add value to our farmers. Um, if you think about NZFAP+, it's really around continuous improvement and providing farmers a framework where farms can enter at different levels, but as long as they're demonstrating that they are continuously improving in those areas that are really important to, to customers and, and consumers, that is a, a really good thing. And there is a benefit there for the farm for, for doing it. And that is also very important as well. For us as a as a farm, um, and I believe for many others, you know, seeing is believing. Seeing the improvements come in on, on the farm is, is really believing. That's what this is about. Okay, I just want to pick up on a, on a point you, there you made. It's not necessarily about being the best. It's around that continuous improvement mindset because I suppose there's a perception sometimes around programs like the PLUS programs, well, it's simply for those front-running farmers, like those leading farmers to validate what they're already doing really well. But from what you're saying, it's actually, it doesn't matter where you sit on that continuum. It's simply around getting in there, establishing some benchmarks, understanding where you are, and then working to progressively improve that. Yes, very much so. And you know, that is a lot of the learning that we've had as an organisation since launching NZFAP Plus as well. You know, we, we launched NZFAP Plus and then six months after we launched it, we had a, a really thorough review incorporating feedback from the farmers that were going through the, the programme. Yeah, that feedback was around making sure that we could capture farms and farming systems at different levels as long as they adhered to those those principles. And it was it was a really interesting learning experience for us as an organization because continuous improvement was always at the heart of NZFAP Plus. That was you know one of those core principles that we had. But when we launched it we found that it's certainly you know just for those farmers that have been really focusing on environmental things for a number of years, they were the ones that were seeming to, to go through it. We were missing the core of what we were really trying to achieve. So we went back, looked at how we, you know, the framework of the program, and then we put in a tier as well. So farmers can start at, at different levels. And then even simple things around having a, an annual self assessment, things like that where farmers can just check in with themselves and map their progress against their plan. Those, you know, those are all things that came from really good and constructive farmer feedback at the outset. So now that you've convinced all our listeners to go and sign up, Nick, what's actually involved? In a practical sense, how do farmers go about their accreditation process under the Farm Assurance Plus program? The first thing is, if farmers are interested in joining us, the, the first thing to do is to request a, a copy of the standards from either the 
NZFAP website or from the meat company that you supply. And the farmers should go through those standards and just become a little bit familiar with them. Then to register for the program, farmers need to complete and submit an application form. And alongside that, they need to undertake a self-assessment. And this really takes farmers through the standard and asks them to benchmark where they are at. The purpose of this is really to assist farmers in identifying those areas where they may need to undertake some activity to get up to speed for an audit. And that also helps meat companies identify what support they may may need to provide those farmers on the journey. As I said, the program is tiered, so there is silver and gold levels of of NZFAP+. And silver is really about getting you on the journey. Um, It's about identifying the key resources on the farm and putting those foundational steps in place around developing your, your farm and natural resource plan. Whereas gold is actually about implementing that plan and the ongoing monitoring of it. So, you know, that's broadly how farmers can get involved. As I said, those different tier levels are really there, set there to encourage uptake and to get farmers on the journey. The most important thing is making a start. For us, it was actually a little bit daunting going, you know, thinking we're probably not there. Do we actually want to benchmark ourselves when we're, you know, probably not at the level that we want to be? And then, you know, we just made the decision, you know, suck a little bit of pride, let's make a start, let's get on that journey and and let's use it as a learning experience. And if you can do that, from our experience, it's, it's pretty cool and it's not daunting. And you recognise that once you make a start, it's not as hard as what you think. Yes, yeah, normally there's always that first step, isn't it? Um, but fully acknowledge there's, there's a degree of vulnerability there, I suppose, for people to take that first step. Yeah, everyone's proud, aren't they? <laughs> you, go, you always you always want to think you're the you're the best or you're in that top percentage, and and you know when you start to benchmark yourselves and, and go, well, actually, no, that there are some areas that I need to sharpen up on. It's once you can get over yourself and get started, that's the cool thing. Yeah, and that's also the ability to identify opportunities, though, isn't it? Like it's the flip side of, of the coin. Once you you embrace it, it's actually you're opening yourselves up to potentially finding new opportunities there to leverage. Oh, yeah. And just a little one from, from us was, um, you know, just doing some of those visual soil health checks. It was a little bit like the stream health checks. You Once you get the techniques to actually assess your soils, you can really see the difference. And for us, we have a lot of cattle on our property and there are certain parts of, the, of some of the larger paddocks where they will camp. And you could see the compaction that they put on the soils versus some of the area, other areas in those paddocks. Once you start to recognise that and learn that that's impacting the soil health and you're not growing as much grass and it's impacting, you know, water penetration, which in an area like Hawke's Bay is, is really important around droughts, you go, okay, these are the impacts of the decisions that, that we're making here. Um, so how do we go about fixing it? Those are just some of those, those little things you learn, which are really cool. Excellent. Earlier on, Nick, you mentioned that the PLUS program was you know, in part response to growing expectations from the market and, and emerging trends. You know, can we extrapolate that out 
to mean that, you know, at some point in the future, what is the plus standard now almost becomes the business's usual or, or potentially just the baseline requirement like the standard program is now? It's very much like that, you know, expectations change and evolve over time. It's a, it's a little bit like an escalator. You know, um, you know, we want Plus to always be at that vanguard of the customer and consumer expectations. So there will undoubtedly be other areas that come into Plus over the years, and there will be things that go from Plus into the NZFAP, into the foundational program. That's just the natural progression of development and of customer and consumer expectations making sure that we translate those expectations into a standard which makes sense to our farmers, that takes a a lot of work because you can easily overburden farmers with requirements which sound good but may not be necessary. So we go through a big process every year with technical advisory groups um, for each of the programs around you know adapting those standards so that that process starts off in, in January every year with our technical advisory groups where they assess what's happening in the market they assess what's happening you know um, with re- regulations and, and things like that and then they develop up they look at um, the standards and they look at what additions may need to go in there and what may need or what could come out we then get those you know, additions verified by um, JZANS, which is sort of an international auditing uh, certification organisation. And then we release the new standards on, on the 1st of October every year. So making sure that we're up to date and that there is some common sense through them is a big part of what we do. And those technical advisory groups, you know, they, they include experts from, from the industry, and farmers as well. So we spend a lot of time on making sure our standards are, are appropriate and fit for purpose and forward thinking. Are you able to give us a heads up at all what we could expect on the 1st of October in terms of any potential new uh, new additions or, or changes? That's a, that's a really good question, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually seen the, um, seen the, the new ones um, uh, coming through, but I know that the, the technical advisory groups have been meeting um, quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. So the process is they go through the technical advisory group and then come up to the the board for discussion. So it's a pretty formal process and it has to be. But presumably these are, you know, evolutionary changes rather than dramatic additions or or amendments to what's in there already. Yes, uh, evolutionary. And what we've found with having farmers involved as well, sometimes it's even just simple things around language making sure that we don't have overly technical people writing standards that um, that farmers are reading as well. So making sure, yes, you know, sometimes it's real common sense stuff and it can just be as simple as, as language. So picking up on that theme of making it easier for farmers to participate in these schemes, what role do you see sort of digitalisation playing into the future, Nick? And does that become a, a potentially real enabler for farmers to make this a a more efficient process into the future? It is a huge enabler, and that is one of the big priorities for NZFAI this year is digitising the, the farm assurance programme. And, you know, stay tuned because um, later this year we will be launching NZFAP online. And that is 
all about providing farmers the ability to record evidence through their phone and then share that information as well or have information shared with NZFAP online. So it's around integration with other providers as well. And if we think about why are we doing that, we're trying to make it easier where we can for farmers and make it easier also for the auditors. So if farmers are recording a lot of their evidence online, then the auditors can assess a lot of that before they come onto the farm. So this is not about removing a farm visit from the auditors. It's about making sure that when those auditors are on the farm, they're not having to you know, rummage through the shoebox of, of receipts and, you know, things like that so they can actually spend time on, on valuable things. And then if that information is available digitally as well, if that evidence is available digitally, then it also provides the meat processing companies opportunities to create and capture additional value in the marketplace as well. So the digitization of this is a project that we've had ongoing for it's probably about the last 18 months because it's a big one. It's a big one for us and making sure that we build a platform that will deliver to now but was also capable of being you know, integrating with other organisations has been a key one because we don't want farmers you know, having to do something with their right hand and then having to do something pretty much the same with their left hand. It's making sure that we create a highway for information to, to flow in and out of. Yeah, and look, and to be honest, Nick, that's been a theme that's sort of played through a number of our podcasts about the role of, of data and, and the digitalization of that data and, and probably feeling at the moment we're kind of in that in-between period where it has felt like a, a burden and, and potentially quite intimidating for people. But I, I certainly think the speed at which that's evolving is incredibly quick and I think very quickly that will switch over to being seen as a, as a real value add in that, that efficiency space. Yeah, and, and if you think about it from a farmer's perspective, if, if they've got all this evidence around their certification process that they want to share with, say, Rabobank around their access to credit, then we should be making it easy for farmers to be able to, to share that information if they want to share it with a regulator because they've, they've done all this work and they want to share certification status, then they should be able to do that. So putting that power into farmers' hands and making you know use of that information, not just for that, that customer access, but for also you know, potentially other needs, is, is something that we want to enable. And making it easier for farmers is part about you know, engaging more farmers in the journey. I'm sure there's many of our listeners that will be very pleased to hear that. Any last key messages or, or tips for farmers, Nick, that, that may be considering or thinking around being part of the assurance program, the, the Farm Assurance Plus program? We've got over 8,000 farmers already that are part of NZFAP. It's a huge coverage of our commercial sheep and, and beef sector. So it's been awesome to be part of that and to see the energy that uh, meat processing and and wool members have put into developing up NZFAI and and these standards. The big thing for me is, you know, this is not going away. Whether it be around, you know, proving our animal welfare credentials or or proving our environment and sustainability credentials. This is big for our industry. Farmers are doing the right things on their farm. 
this step is about proving or verifying that they're doing the right things and having that independently audited. And that's one of the, I suppose, the key parts about it, the NZFAI programs is that they are independently audited. NZFAP Plus is going to be, or is independently audited. So farmers can stand behind what they're doing. So as we talked about, make the first step and, you know, put your hand up and, and get involved. Excellent. Some, some great advice there, Nick. Um, I mean, I heard a quote recently. It was actually Canadian President Justin Trudeau said a couple of years ago, the, the pace of change has never been this fast, yet will never be this slow again, which I think kind of, you know, sums up the situation, right, which in, in many ways feels quite intimidating. But I, I think, you know, what it reinforces is we can't wait till we get this point of certainty because I don't think we get to this, this point of certainty. So where you have the ability to hone in on, on your own business and, and maybe block out some of the, the noise that's out there and understand and, and control what you can control and what you can control right now is understand what the business specific risks and opportunities are for you. It doesn't even need, I mean, you actually need to necessarily go and action it straight away, but at least having that baseline understanding of, of where you sit and what your risk and opportunity factors are, I think puts you in a, a significantly stronger position than not having that. And that's where I see that the role of programs and accreditation schemes like this have a, have a really important role to play. So look, thanks for time today, Nick. Really appreciated it and look forward to continuing to hear how the, the schemes and, and uh, programs are progressing in the future. Awesome. Really enjoyed it, Blake. Thank you for listening to Rabotalk's Growing Our Future podcast. If you're interested in learning more about how Rabobank can support you to succeed in the future, please go to rabobank.co.nz. 